Ladies, gentlemen, and all sports fans of Calgary, welcome to your morning show. Sports, life, food, and everything else. This train rarely comes off the rails. We've got big guests, the best insiders, and all the breaking news you need. Boomer in the Morning starts now. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, here we are. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the wonderful day that is Tuesday. It is a game day. Another chapter in the Battle of Alberta set to be written tonight. At the uh, Roger Place? Uh, Kate Center? Stone. Kate Stone. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Roger's so much money. Yeah. Just buy. I, I can't even keep all their no, buildings they're just, straight. They're just putting the name on the side. Yeah. Roger's. Uh, Roger's. Uh, the pee in the sink. Igloo. Uh, igloo. 2-1 series lead for the Edmonton Oilers. Feels like a big one tonight. Feels like a big one. Yeah, I'd say that's uh, affirmative. Yeah. It'd be the same way if it was two on Flames. hundred percent. Be just as big. We were saying the same thing. Game two in Calgary. Boy, I mean, you take care of business. You're up two zero. Mm-hmm. All he needs is split in Edmonton with a chance to win home game five. Whereas, That's oh right, boy, yeah. if, you, if you somehow blew a lead in game two or lost that, or well, a couple now, leads, or now a great like, starter. Uh, now it'd be like the Oilers have home ice, right? <laughs> Best of five. That's what they say. I don't know how that works. There's like a lot of stolen math in there. home ice. Well, did you? <laughs> Yeah. It's like a little Davy Crockett hat with a raccoon tail, and whoever has it has the home ice. Ha! <laughs> we got the home ice, boys! Is that what Quickly it is? get on the bus. We're going to Edmonton with a hat. Is that uh, Jay Woodcroft? That's right. He's like, uh, yeah, this is Jay Whit- Woodcroft's an interesting fellow, isn't he? Mm hmm. He's, he's, uh, he's, I think he's gone to the Daryl Sutter School of Message Sending in press conferences. Yeah. But rather than send him to his own team, he's, he's really working to get into the. Between the airspace of the Flames netminder, mm-hmm. which is interesting. You don't usually see this kind of gumption from a first-time NHL head coach, although he has been around the league for a while. What? Uh, well, I mean, explain what you're talking about. Well, game one, they get uh, snot-bubbled 9-6 in a game that felt like it was over twice. Uh, they do rally back to tie 6-6, obviously, that last Wednesday. And then the Flames immediately score another pair and win by three. And... Uh, Rather than saying, oh, our boys weren't that good tonight, it was, well, we got six on Calgary's number one goal. Well, we just put six in Cal- the division-leading team. We just got six. Mm-hmm. That's enough to win. We had six on the number of Vesnik, six on Calgary's number, six, six, six. Really good. Jay, we're all here. Number of the beast. Everybody saw the the score. We, yeah. we know how many goals you got. You allowed nine, but you didn't mention that. You mentioned you yeah. got six about a thousand times. Then after game three, well, geez, our, Mike Smith's fresh. He's only had 20-some starts all year. Jacob, well, he didn't even say his name. He didn't say his yeah, It's yeah. not like he's had 68 starts in the regular season. Oh, 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 oh. And then went back to that well three or four times. Six, the number of 68. 68. 68. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't as nice as allegedly uh, Easy. 20-something, which right. Mike Smith's at, or any other number potentially. But, yeah, there there is no so what mincing you- words. He's absolutely trying to send messages that are suggesting, you know, hey, Jacob Markstrom. We got you, buddy. We got you. Yeah. We're all over you. It's actually 63. The number he there was trotting out was Thank 63. Uh, his quote, Mike Smith only played 28 games in the regular season and 10, 10 in the playoffs. He's at 38 and in midseason form. He didn't play 63 games in the season and have the wear and tear that comes with that. And then now, repeated kind of weird, that number over yeah, and over. Yeah, 63 over. games. 60, it's kind of a weird number. And it's, So what are you referencing? So you do a little bit of a quick little. little yeah. And after oh, the Jacob, game- Jacob Markstrom, in fact. Has played 63 games. The moment I heard it, I was like, well, that's Markstrom's regular season total. There's no question. Because it just felt so forced, the six goals on Calgary's number one goal in game one. Like, it was, oh, well, I, I guarantee that's going to be Mark. Yeah, yeah, it is. There it is. How about that? He's trying. And uh, I just, I, 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 I have no I'm not saying it. it's like, boo, or like, look at this guy, shake my fist. Like, this is a ballsy type of ploy for a first-time NHL coach, and I think maybe he's starting to show some of the mustard why the organization believed in him when, you know, some people that weren't as familiar with Woodcroft are like, this is just an NHL guy. It's not going to work. So now the question is, does he have a point? Does the guy who played 63 in the regular season and has started all 10 now for the uh, the Calgary Flames – 
is there some wear and tear? There's Who no qu- there's no question we're seeing more pucks going in on Jacob Markstrom than ever before. Now, how much is my I David? Th- I think there's plenty. There's plenty to go in. How much is missing Kristanov? Into that, and I think all of them certainly, all of them certainly are a factor. I, I went back and I looked at every goal, and you I mean you go to game one and there's the, the two Hyman goals where he kind of misses them, and then the, the dry sidle is a partial break. Man, you watch the way the Oilers fl- forwards specifically are getting in and around the defense. There's, there's just too many high quality chances. There's a lot of. Dry sidle on a partial break in game one. Hyman, the shorthanded game winner on a break in game two. Huge then an insurance goal on a breakaway. All three of the Kane goals in alone. That's on a, on a two on a two on one. He's left by himself. So I could he be better? Sure. I think in game three the other night he was actually very good in the first period. Kept twenty one saves after one Sunday night. Couple posts, but. This is where I def- then when you talk to guys like Rhett, well, he's got to make more saves. Well, okay, but I can't help but wonder if defensively, the Flames, who have been very staunch, they don't you don't give up a lot, don't give up much from the middle of the ice, keep the shots to the outside. It's been anything but. No, nope, the agree. Oilers have feasted yep. on the middle of the ice. I would suggest the greater drop off has been in their defending than the goaltenders play. I agree. And game one may be a bit of an exception, but they were also up by four twice, and I really kind of throw away a lot of that because you feel like you're home and cooled, even though that is the Oilers, and no, they weren't done, but boy, it felt like they were done when it was 5-1 and 6-2. It was a laugher, right? We, we said basically you just needed brooms to sweep the elephant dung. That's how nuts that game was. It didn't feel like a tense... We got to make this sit. We got to can't. Got to get it out. Win the battle at the line. Oh my gosh! We got to get it. No, it was like okay, we, you're up four. We had this discussion the other day. I think if if Markstrom makes routine saves, specifically the two on Hyman, then there isn't. A, right. I think that's a big part of why the comeback was established. Agree. Also, that they completely anyway. sagged. Right. The, 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 but, the two but things st- can coexist. Right. I, I know, but still, it's if if. Did you see them sag or those no? Are the, not to that degree. If he makes those two saves, which are very much routine, still give the Yamamoto goal at the start of the third. You can have Dry Seidel in alone on a partial break. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a shot. Those other two. Post it in. Yeah. I, I, I just mean the two from Hyman. Anyway, yeah. but since then, the the Oilers have, have flexed their muscle a little bit, and it's been five on five. Yep. Where you would have thought coming in, this, this keep the Oilers off the power play and play this thing five on five, but it's been the five on five play that has hurt them. Edmonton just one for fourteen on the power play. The Flames are actually two for twelve. So mm, even, didn't see that coming. Even strength, um, not close. Thirteen ten, five on five goals when for you, the Oilers. When you th- if you just throw away game one, like I'm sort of apt to do, given how nuts it was. You start looking at games two and three, like it's pretty lopsided five on five for the Oilers. I thought the Flames were good in period one of game two. And then from that point, it really has been a lot of Edmonton. Uh, and look, does, does Jay Woodcroft have a point? It'd be silly for me to moan about Jacob Markstrom's workload all regular season and say, no, he doesn't have a point. This is what you were afraid of. Now, this may have nothing to do with workload. We don't know. But you certainly can't say they really eased up on him for more than about a week down the stretch. Uh, and, and it felt odd at times that, okay, it's three and four. And he's playing all three. We're like, geez, you got a back-to-back. But he was really good in round one. So, like, can you really chalk it up to that? I don't know. This was the fear, though. And this is where he ran into major uh, issues with Vancouver. In the bubble, the only other time he's played in the playoffs was round two. They went to Demko, but he was also playing through some injuries there. You only find that stuff out afterwards. I'm still with you. The defending has been the the biggest drop-off. They miss Chris Tanev so badly, and all of a sudden, the guys on the third pair, they got to play a little more, and that's not what they're best suited to do. And Oliver Shillington sure doesn't look like the same guy when it's not Chris Tanev to his right. And Michael Stone at 11 minutes, you love. But Michael Stone at 20 minutes, ah, it's a lot of Michael Stone. And boy, he's not as quick when he's up against McDavid. When you, Oh, geez, that's a bit of a mismatch there. Uh, Stone's been the on t- for one goal. And, and the top pair has struggled mightily. Like the decor yeah. as a whole has been a bigger disappointment than Jacob Markstrom for me. The goodbranson Zadorov pairing has been, <laughs> they've been victimized. 
Rasmus Anderson has had a rough three games. I'd say the same for Hannafin. Hannafin certainly decision making. So, and, and again, you go up and down because I, I looked at all of them again 16, this morning, right? and it's. I mean, there's some great plays that are being made by McDavid and company that there's a lot of defenders gonna have gonna have their big struggles with. You're talking about the best player in the world who is on another level, and that's mm-hmm. a discussion we can have as well. But certainly, whether it's the goaltender that needs to make more stops or the defense that's become leaky and being exposed by the quicker, highly skilled McDavid and forwards on uh, on the Oilers' side, something's going to have to change. You're going to have to make life more difficult for Oilers forwards. And on the other side, get in and cause more turnovers and make life more difficult on the Oilers' D because we've not seen them run around a whole lot they looked since that mishmash in game one. Game one, they looked frazzled, and you thought, man, how are they going to compete five on five? Um, and and they, it's been stark in contrast, games two and three. Yeah. If you put the first four periods on one side of the ledger and the last five on the other, if that math makes sense, maybe it does. Don't ask me. Yeah, I think that's nine Wrong periods. Guy. That's where we're at. But, yeah, it's been a lot of Oilers the last five periods. The... That the whole element of that flame defense specifically, but even just in intimidation, physicality, forecheck, forcing turnovers, clogging up the neutral zone, hard to play against. We haven't seen really any of that. Now, I don't know if Mike Smith was intimidated by Milan Lucic in that hit the other night, but anyway, but outside of that, there's really not been an ability, and maybe it's Mike Smith. I know we were, we talked to Daryl Ray. Who, of course, former goaltender, analyst in the NA with uh, the Dallas Stars, covering uh, Stars hockey on television. He had noted on his Twitter the other day that Mike Smith, even just moving the puck, is is keeping the 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 Flames from getting that forecheck and causing those turnovers. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's enough just to give the defense enough time. Now, hands up if we've heard that a million times oh, before. a billion, yeah. It's certainly, when if you just look for it, it's there. And if you just look for the opposite, it's also there. I mean, it's it's. I think it's a lot of confirmation bias. People feel about Mike Smith how they feel about it. When you watch him play, there's enough of both. I don't think he's an elite puck-playing netminder because too many end up on the stick of the flames. I know. I watched it ha- game two. I'm like, there's another one. First touch by a flame. First touch by a flame. First touch by a flame. But the opposite is is the it happens as well, right? So so when it does go to an Oilers, you're like, look, he saved a hit, maybe. The the turnovers are fewer than the plays being made by him right now. Yes, but he has uh, not but, been but to suggest that he's light years ahead of other goalies. I'm not I've saying never that. Really what I'm that saying part, is, right? is a former goaltender made note that right now you might have to look at how you're dumping the puck in quarter totally. dumps, getting yep. the pucks away from him, and uh, doing things a little bit differently out of the trapezoid, right? Yeah. So there's been two strategies employed. We saw Minnesota come to the dome one night and put everything onto his stick and say, if we do this enough, he's going to make the mistake. And then we've seen other teams say, we got to put it in the corner and keep it away from him. Clearly there's not consensus on this thing, but uh, he hasn't hurt them with an egregious turnover quite yet. The game on, and again, I'm losing my day Sunday game two, sorry, game three, the first one up in Edmonton, you knew there was going to be a push. They're back at home. The fans are into it and that whole thing. Just get over that initial push. You know they're going to come out flying, and they did. But that push lasted for about the first 20 minutes. The uh, They really poured it on. It was a bit of a, a hornet's nest. 21-7. Shots were 3-1 to one for a good chunk of the first half of that hockey game as the Flames never were really able to settle in. And I guess Hyman scores 52 seconds in, and then you get three from Kane in six minutes, and it's kind of your hockey game. But mm-hmm. that was... You, you hope if you're a Flames fan, that's the classic case of they were near their best, we were near our worst, tonight different story. Um, now, Vladar comes in in the third. Is that, real good. Right? Is that... Uh, and there again, I don't know how much they pushed in that third period. They didn't. Think that's Just like we talked about in game one, when you're up by three or four, I think it's probably not the best representation of both teams playing as if it was 0-0. And the Oilers, because they were up by four starting the period really weren't pushing that much for offense. No. And that's that's a that's a sign that's of human maturity. nature. We've got 4, we don't need 5. We don't need to win 5 nothing. No, you got to defend. You got to make sure they don't get to 3, right? You don't need to spring stretch passes all period trying desperately for offense, of course not. 
And Smith was fine, but again, how many times was he ch- tested? There was a couple, the, the one blocker save off of Kachuk, then there was yep. the kachuk Gaudreau scoring chance, kind of bang, bang, back to back. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I don't know that he made any no, I agree. real great saves. If, if you want to look at odd man rushes and in close chances, the Oilers completely outclassed the Flames, in my yeah. opinion. And have since, again, period two of game two. And you could even go back, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have that three those early goals in in game one what have we seen here is is game one just a throwaway how much stock do you put into going up and then giving the lead away and then getting it back for the Oilers what do they take from it I don't know because even game two was it was a 3-1 game mm-hmm. and you gave up the winner on a shorthanded breakaway they've done uh, by some of the underlying numbers a pretty decent job in this series in terms of five on five chance not just the chances but I mean sh- shot attempts but they just haven't been like if you count dangerous opportunities, like odd man rushes, that's what's so crazy. Game three alone felt like two weeks of Daryl Sutter's teams allowing odd man rushes, not one game. Yeah. Never mind that most of them were in the first 40 minutes. H- how have you completely lost your. No, it's one game. Throw it away. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get back to playing the way you played for. Over ninety games this year, you're probably you got a really good chance to come home sawed off. But the problem is, they're clearly not feeling it defensively. There maybe is a little bit of doubt surrounding what you're going to get in goaltending. Even though, to your point, I mean, mm-hmm. those are all high quality chances. They're missing their best defender, and it's the best player in the world in another level. This is exactly why I said, "Are you sure you want Edmonton?" Not to you, but to everyone. You need you're to- welcoming the greatest player in the world into a series where he's basically been on the goal for everyone they've scored up sub timings. Like it's nuts. Yeah, he's All amazing. four goals. He's on the ice. It's like, Oh, well, he didn't get an assist there. Well, okay, come on. If, if this guy's flying through the neutral zone at full speed, you're telling me someone else pivoting that line scores four goals like that. He has two goals, seven assists in the three games and could easily have more. Yes. There were a couple great saves that Markstrom made in that first period the other night. Um, I stand by it. I mean, lose the series, whatever. The Battle of Alberta is great for the province and great for the fans and all of that. If, if you've paid any attention to what's going on here the last six days, the province is buzzing. The place, yes. I mean, the, it's, it's, ever, it's everywhere you go. I went and got a haircut the other day. It's, everyone. They talked about it for the 40 minutes I was in there nonstop. This is absolutely massive for hockey. But there will be nothing that hurts more if you're a fan exactly. than losing to your rival. Well, so no, that yeah. was that was more the the conversation that I was yeah. having. Like, you sure you don't want the Kings? I'm pretty sure you could beat the Kings if you're a Flames fan. Do you want to go to the conference final or do you want to welcome the best player in the world and get into all the scar tissue with Mike Smith? It is it's absolutely soap opera stuff. This is great. I know it's hard on your belly. That's hard in your heart. Oh my belly. But this is this is what it's all about. Face the have them become your hated number one rival again. Face that number one rival. Slay them, and it feels great. You lose, and it feels awful. That's what that's what it is all about. Now, Connor McDavid, really going on a limp. He's the he's the best that's ever played. All due respect to the Bobby Ors and Mario's and all of that, and even Wayne. Wayne beat you with his brain. Mario beat you with his brain and size and reach. But there's no one who beats you like Connor McDavid does. It was probably Orr's the closest when you think about how he changed the way that position was played. But I'll I'll tell you, if you put McDavid in the way he plays at any time in history, and I get technology, come on. Yeah, he's just starting in here. The way he shrugged off Zadorov and then skate to stick, backhand, drop, take the pass around Markstrom. (laughs) Who's doing that? You, you, you can't. He's the most skilled player that's ever played the game. I kind of have a tough time with greatest ever when he hasn't played in the third round, but it looks like he's on his way in I some did. senses, right? Come on. And I think it's more Come a shot on. at the Oilers Just... because it's like, how have you only been in round two twice with totally a guy a that against. you're calling the greatest player ever? I mean, it's a shot against Oilers management as much as it is anything, but you know, I think the biggest gains you've seen from McDavid in the last year and a half has been on the defensive side of the puck. That's where, like, all the advanced numbers, his war has really improved. He went from being a, yeah, he could score on any shift, but he's also going to allow one on, on any shift, potentially, to now it's like, geez, you're not getting anything done when he's out there offensively. 
And I mean, he, no one skates with that much. It's not just the speed, but it's the ability to cut and make you miss. Powerful, right? So powerful, so strong. Shoots, hits, pass, does it all. He, just the skill set, I don't think, is matched. No, I agree. At He's all. the most skilled player and, that's ever played. And right now, you watch the Flames defenders, and they don't know what to do. They really don't know what to do against this guy. And I don't know what to do. What can you do? Spend like a little bit of time yesterday. Let's see what the experts have to say. Let's go and say, how do you, do, how do you stop them? How do you defend them? And a lot of the answers are, uh, well, if I knew, I'd be getting a lot of money. I guess try and slow them up or bump them or get back or it's like, well, that's great. There's okay. lots of theories. It's just in practice, how do you do it? How like, do you do it? Like if you could have a centerman right on his hip and then the defenseman's like, oh, good. I got him contained here. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, who's going to skate with him? There was how the one, in the world do you do that? It was, I guess it was the first. I'm trying to remember which. It was the dry sidle to Kane. And McDavid is kind of the, the third guy coming in on that play. And. Shillington's kind of in no man's land, and he's so focused on McDavid that Kane just goes to the back post and so he may not get a point, but he's influencing how people defend. So, because I saw that that some Oiler fans, oh, you only what about Drysaddle's four assists? What about go change the center on that line and tell me how many goals they score in the second? Like honestly, that argument's so bad. Which is they're good good wingers, but he's the best player in the world from Drysaddle or anybody else. But he is. You know, MVP. It's not close. Leading the series and hit someone just hit on the text line. Yeah, he's like he's he's a man possessed right now. And oh, the best player in the world playing the best hockey of his life. His wingers are having a good series. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Where did you guys get this information? That's crazy. And I say that not to even take. I'm not even taking a run at Oiler Fair. Whatever. He's just at an, a completely other level, the plays he's making, the confidence he has. And yeah, the look in him right now looks like he's not going to be beaten. Something is going to have to change. So what do they do? Well, I you, mean, you just game to... one, they got on the body on him. I don't know that he's been hit much since game one. Now, how did they do it in game one versus not do it in two and three? That's that's for the, you yeah. know, the Jamie Pringles and Kale McLean, Ryan Huska, Kirk Muller, Daryl Sutter crew to figure out. Because when Milan gets to lay a shoulder into that guy on the wall and start a scrum, that's a series the Flames can win. But when they can't even put a finger on him and he's leaning shoulders in and around defense on his way to the net on odd man rushes, that's a series the Oilers are going to win. Scary proposition for sure. Win tonight, you get home ice. How do you do it? Tune in at what time tonight? Let's call it uh, 6.30 warm-up, 7.30 puck drop? Yeah, about 7.30. But it will go a little after that. Yeah, 7.45. Yeah, 7.45. Um, they're one for fourteen. Just take penalties on them all night, right? Yeah, that's right. Hell, hey, what's what's two for cross checking your spleen as hard as I can? Okay, we'll take that. Even <laughs> even four on four feels like a a power play. It's like four on four. We're back in this again. They they came back obviously from two one against Dallas, but boy, it was a tale of two series. Because in that one, you were down two to one, but you felt like just do what we're doing. We are just fine. Stick with the process. Don't change a thing. Roger can't be like this forever. They then win game four, out shooting them 54-35. They've controlled play. It's 2-2 coming home. But you need, that. that's not what's happening here. You you were out, uh, I mean, you got run out of the rink two nights ago. Yep. You weren't good. They were very good. Bob's your uncle. So we'll see. And it's oddly, both the Oilers and the Flames are in the exact same pattern of their round ones. Oilers lost game one, one, two, and three, just like the Kings series. Mm-hmm. Flames won game one, lost two and three, just like the Dallas series. Doesn't really mean anything, but it's it's certainly familiar territory for both these clubs. The Oilers came out after having a 2-1 lead and played what they called their worst game of the series against the Kings in game four. We'll see if they've learned their lesson. Meanwhile, the Flames, in a big spot in Game 4 in Dallas, needed to come up with a quality win on the road to square things off. Mm-hmm. They did it. We'll see if they can do it again. The big question is Tanev, obviously, anything that would help, that would, could come in and try and shore up the defense crew right now would, would be uh, your number one defensive defenseman would be a good start. 100%. I'm, I'm not led to believe that that's close. No, and I listened to Pat doing some overtime. I was zipping around running errands after the probably the Sunday game, Pat's message is this. Don't expect him anytime soon, and that if you have been to the practices that he's been at, 
There's no ripping shots. There's no mustard in anything involving upper body. Yeah. This is not knocking on the door. And look, he might be wrong, but I don't think that's anything but the consensus of people around the organization or near practice and skates that he might be able to go, but this at some point here, you cannot expect he's anything close to healthy because this guy will play through anything. If he's not playing a game seven against Dallas, where he's not going to play tonight, for example, in a game four, which we don't know yet, but come on now. Like, how hurt is he? This guy will do anything. Yeah. The, the, and again, game seven Dallas series was a week ago. You can make strides and gains. Depends on the injury is, yeah. But, yeah. Is it is it a situation where you can play and defend, but you can't shoot? Are you, are you at a – is it one of those injuries where you – can't injure it more than it's injured. If you can play through it, play through it. Or or what is it? It's an upper body. Is it shoulder related? Seems like that's probably the case. But if he could play, he'd be, he'd playing. be playing. Especially, Especially with what is happening to the defensive game for uh-huh. the Flames right now. Yeah. Now, if there's one thing we've learned in this playoffs is there have been series that looked like they were over and there was despair and then it would be the 180 and you'd come back the other way and... 3-1 Penguins. Next thing you know... Uh, it's it's a new series. That's what the Flames need tonight. They need to come out and play their best game of the series. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots of room for that. And 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 just you, you something just, close to a 60 minute effort in this series. I haven't seen it yet. You still got to me the 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 X factor for the Flames is the guy who got a standing ovation the other night in the Oiler net. It's still Mike Smith. And the more confident they are right in Mike Smith right now, to me, is a great thing. Yeah, you're good. You don't need to worry about your goaltending. The goaltending is the least of your problems. Edmonton, you are just fine. Because he is one and two. He spotted them basically five nothing lead. He's still on three combined. Three goals and ten shots. Could very easily happen on any given night. While everybody's focused on Markstrom, I'm less worried about Markstrom than I am about getting to Mike Smith. Get to Mike Smith, he will give you goals. That will happen. We'll break. Stephen Brunt, Frank Saravalli, up in Edmonton. Be careful, Frank. I feel like he's neutral colors. He's fine. Even if he's got some Philly orange in his. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah but it's fine. it's just you get that Edmonton on you. It's a little you, stabby sometimes. Right? Yeah. You get that Edmonton on you. Adnan Ver coming up as well. We'll have the latest code word, which again is not a word today, but it's a code word for Game 5 tickets. We're good at it. Again. Yeah, we're really good at it. Hmm. And then uh, look forward to this kickoff Flames talk in the nine with Rick Ball, who is able to uh, spectate. We're going to ask him how these games look after a couple fingers of scotch. Is that what it is? (laughs) Two or three? I think uh, there's been a few hockey nights Saturdays where he hasn't had the call. Yeah, yeah. And that's usually, yeah, I got the neighbors over, had a few drinks, and uh, yeah, here's what I thought. All right, I like that. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. Sure. Flames game day, 2-1 series lead Oilers. Big one coming up, 7.30. We'll have it for you on The Fan. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're locked on Boomer in the morning. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Boomer in the morning, brought to you by Sundry Golf Club. Maybe you need a uh, little venue for your uh, comedy golf tournament. Maybe you want just a relaxing round. Maybe you want to get out of the city and the hustle and bustle. Get out to Sundry. Book your tee time at sundrygolf.com. You can check out the stay and play packages starting at $189 per person based on double occupancy. There's just you're running out of excuses. It's too easy to get out to Sundry and enjoy Sundry Golf Club. Sundrygolf.com. On our way towards seven, Stephen Brunt just after seven or so. Uh weird. Sounded like the uh, Canadian Football League had all their ducks in a row. Uh, not so much. Whoa, whoa. Not so fast. As apparently, the apparently, the uh, the, the tenant of CBA agreement, it was all uh, handshakes and kisses and smiles, voted down yesterday. So the people that negotiated on behalf of the CFLPA said, let's do this. And then the players voted on and said, now nah, we're good. Yeah, apparently the <laughs> reps oh. said, looks good hmm. to us. Uh, then- yeah, well, yeah, let's do this thing. And then the players, uh, to a man, saw it and said, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's no good. So uh, back to square one, maybe. I'm not sure. Stephen brought a lot of details. Frank Valley right. was in Calgary for games one and two. He is in Edmonton for games three and four. We'll get his thoughts on, obviously, the uh, Battle of Alberta and the other series. As, uh, once again, a President's Trophy winner in the National Hockey League, uh-huh. not going to win a Stanley Cup. 
They, uh, it's the curse, Dean. We joked about it, but we kind of weren't joking. There's not really a lot of correlation in being the best team in the regular season and winning cups. Which is weird. You would think there'd be a little bit more success than what there is? I, I agree. It also underlines, though, that no sport changes more from regular season to playoffs than the NHL, which I think we forget sometimes. We all know that it's different, but you think about other sports, well, it's actually quite the same as we saw in the regular. Oh, the Patriots are good in the regular season, and they're good in the... Mm. Hmm. And that would be the case, the, the changing of style, because the President's Trophy winners, the way they played in the regular season, they did not carry it to the playoffs, certainly not to round two. Got some of that in here. Some interesting notes on what they accomplished in the regular season, what they couldn't do against Tampa in round two. Time for the Pinder Report, brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. They'll meet and beat all competitor quotes, 51st Ave. Third Street Southeast. Well, live from Puckerville, here we are in the Battle of Alberta, Dean. Is it already? I- wow, I mean, tonight, if it's not Puckerville tonight, what the hell is it? Well, we'll, we'll get to tonight in a moment. It was game three in Edmonton on Sunday. I think I got a trip to the cultural capital on the Lord's Day, huh? Hmm. Markstrom superb in the first 21 first period saves, and it looked like maybe, just maybe, the Flames could pull off one of these road games where you dodge some bullets early, tighten things up, and nope, Oilers had their way with the Flames in the second. Here's Dreisaitl, left wing side, McDavid drops it, Dreisaitl leaves it behind, Hyman scores! Moves it up the right wing boards, Dreisaitl in, centers Kane to the backhand, scores! Behind McDavid, centers Kane, scores! Comes McDavid the other way. Speeds it up the right side and centers. Kane to the backhand. Scores. A lot of McDavid there. I don't know if you noticed that. A little bit of Kane, too. A lot of Kane in the finish. A lot of McDavid on the... How do we get another odd man rush here? Wound up in Edmonton as that uh, orange and blue crowd that had so much angst after game one suddenly in the driver's seat of this thing. 4-1 the final. Jay Woodcroft not mincing words when... uh, trying to send messages about which goalie he'd be happy with moving forward in the series. No, I mean, Mike Smith, I mean, what can I say about Mike Smith? I got asked the question earlier about Mike and, you know, the games played and whatnot. And, you know, I think when you look at the games played, he plays played 28 regular season games. You add 10, that's 38. He's in mid-season form right now. It's not like he's played 63 games. Oh, 63 seems like a very odd. Just kind of pulled it out of thin air there. It seems very. Hmm, Why do you think that is? Oh, well, it turns out that's the number of regular season starts Jacob Marks. Oh, I see. Hmm. Mind games. Well, interesting because like that mid-season form, Smith had three on 10 in game one and then spotted the flame to two nothing lead. Holes all over. Much better in game three. And really down the stretch in game two as well. I'm fine but with Jay Mike Woodcroft's, Smith. But Jay uh, absolutely, uh, yeah. he, he's playing the games. Yeah, he's I'm not intimidated by this stage. Mike Smith's mid-season form, if that's what we're looking at. But, been some odd mid-season. But no, look, that's that's what it's all about. You know that Sutter does his thing. and This is what we're learning about Jay Woodcroft. Kind of impressed. Jay Woodcroft getting in the mm-hmm. ring and taking a swing. Speaking of Daryl, what did he have to say about game three? No, I think that, you know what, you, you, knew, you knew what was coming. They were going to... You know, they haven't played at home in this round yet, and they were going to come out hard and really play with a lot of purpose in their game, a lot of speed, and they did. And I thought, you know, Marky uh, in the first period probably made three or four saves that would have kept us, uh, kept it at no score. And, uh, but I just think that, you know, give Edmund credit the way they played neutral, and it just, you know, it fed the fed 97's game for sure. Yeah, Flames, uh, many of the players specifically talking about one player beating him in the series. Many Oilers fans getting their backs up about that. There's probably lots of truth on both sides. McDavid has been otherworldly, and he already was thought of as the best player in the world. This is the best he's ever looked, ever, right? Like, I don't know. Could you, you have to go back to junior to watch him dominate more than this? It's crazy. But at the same time, yeah, stacking that line with Kane and Dryside looks like a pretty savvy move as well at this point. When, and I mean, we've had our fun. Oh, so you take two of the best players in the world and put them on the same line. That's... That's, oh, that's but, brilliant but coaching. You, you add a guy that's a power forward that scores 30, that's going to work, huh? It's a, game so to, it's a game-to-game thing, and right now the addition of Kane looks brilliant, and putting them all together 
looks to be a stroke of genius, even though it looks pretty easy to do. But uh, it's now on the Flames. Take advantage of that. Manage those minutes when they're not on the ice. You need to be better. The depth needs to be better yep. for Calgary than uh, than in Edmonton. And boy, it's early in the series. But you can see tonight is a major pressure point. Also, you look back at game two, multiple leads held. Boy, that series feels a whole lot different if you could have closed that out at home. Uh, you can't go back. You can only move forward. And it feels like it could be a pivotal game. You think about what, what hinges on this postseason, what your probability of winning the series is if you're down 3-1 versus tied. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to suggest tonight's game could have serious impact on who's a flame next year and who's not. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. It's it's, it's a very it's big picture huge, view for sure. But it's not. If you're down three one against this group, good luck. To, yeah, and to me, what it does is it it allows you if you're the Oilers, multiple opportunities to have McDavid win you one game. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. If that's you can all win you need if you get a three one lead. And if you're the Flames on the other side, you bring it back to the dome for two of the next three. Best of three. All right. I still think a lot of people put their chips on the. Markstrom side of the table. Let's if they go. Could pick unbiased. Six thirty warm up tonight with Pat and Lou. I like the jade citrus mint green. Yeah, this is not the Mona Lisa. Seven thirty start ish. I mean, I don't even know what to say about start times now. They're just lying to us by twenty minutes. Just steal a third of an hour. Just a ballpark. Just be ready. Either way, uh, it's either the Flames on the brink or the Flames love home ice in a best of three, as noted. Red lot story. Here is the story. Mm. You know the red line. The, the party. I'm aware of it. Yeah. So the game's in Edmonton, but you could still go party in Calgary tonight. Five thirty doors, free ticketed event for that seven thirty puck drop. Don't come without a ticket. Your name's got to be on the ticket, and tickets go on sale at nine this morning. Whatever happened there, the windstorm, the damage, the chaos, sorted out. Good work, everyone working on that, and we'll see the fans hooting and hollering again. I was high as a kite. I mean, just excited, high on life, right, Dean? 9 a.m., get your tickets. NHL, let's go. Last night, it was the Battle of Florida. We were so excited for this series. We were so excited for this series. We were so excited for this stupid in series, Dean. Two disallowed goals early in this contest, and then we had two that did count. Let's listen, and then... <sighs> no score in this one. 39 saves for Andre Vasilevsky. Here's Bogosian towards the net. Got the lock. Bogoski, it's in. They score. Hard work by Maroon down low. And the Tampa Bay Lightning take a one nothing lead. Now Forsley for Giroux. Back out to Forsley for a shot. Puck is loose off the side of the cage. Kept out. Picked up by Sorelli. Clears it down ice. Pallant racing in. He scores. The empty netter to seal it late, 2-0. Bolts sweep the Battle of Florida. The regular season juggernaut Florida Panthers won the President's Trophy and have scored more goals in a regular season than any other team ever in the cap era. Three goals in the series. Couldn't get to two in a game. Got shut out last night. And for the 10th straight series, Tampa defeats their opponent, that without Braden Point, this series as well. Impressive. Kucherov, I don't know if you if you saw... Well, he's amazing all series. But what was it, game one or game two? He makes that play on Ekblad and does game the backdoor play. He had another one of those in game three. The 3-1 goal where he just walks a defender, puts it to Stamkos, one-timer, goal. It was... It wasn't close. They were outscored 13-3, to as you mentioned. Jeez. Three goals in four games. They led the league in goals per game at over four. Yeah, highest total in the cap era, and you could get three, what, in game one? No, the whole series. Wow, not good. Vasilevsky, meanwhile, remains a monster in closeout games. A 49-save shutout last night. He's posted six shutouts in the last seven series-clinching wins Tampa's had. Let's go back in time. 2 nothing bubble win against Dallas. There's a Stanley Cup for you, Tampa. The year after. 4-0 in an elimination game over the Panthers. 2-0 over Carolina in round two. 1-0 over the Islanders in a game seven that gets them to the Stanley Cup final last year. Beat Montreal with a shutout in last year's cup final. Then the Leafs just scored one on them in game seven last round. Vasilevsky won it matters. Unbelievable. 
A lot of pressure on him now. No, I mean, a lot of pressure on him. Maybe he's used to that pressure now. Ten straight series wins and his numbers, as you mentioned, the shutouts, a 974 save percentage and a .77 goals against in the games that they advanced or won the championship. Bolton that's, out. that's what they call money goaltending. That right is there. seriously money goaltending, and he's starting to be, uh, okay, so he's definitely in the hall. Where does he stand all time? Like, he's getting into that conversation with some greats, especially if they can hang a third banner. Again, Bolts chasing history. No team in the cap has ever won three in a row. No one's won three in a row since the Islanders of the early 80s. Bolts will now wait for the winner of New York and Carolina. John Cooper's troops, the first team through to round three. Get this, sixth time in eight years, they're off to the conference final. Whoa. Six and eight. That is so good. And we, we think only, like, oh, they've been good lately. They lost in the conference finals, lost in the Stanley Cup final. They couldn't get over the hump, this team, for a while. Now they can't be stopped. Yeah, they they ran Florida's show. And I don't know Ooh. how, or, but it was, it was never really that close. The stars of the team, they just took over. It was Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman and Vasilevsky. Yep. They just they took it over. And even and then you talk about getting your depth scoring. Corey, Corey Perry's Perry. been unbelievable. Five goals in ten games. There's Pat Maroon looking for his fourth cup in a row. Are you kidding me? And how hell's about, going on? You look back with game three when uh, Kucherov when they they was it game three or game two when they steal that thing steals it behind the net. Ross Colton in front with the yep. second to go. Just an absolute killer. Let's go to the other game last night as uh, Tampa is through. We'll see what the Blues and Avs could do. All Avalanche in the second period. Four goals in less than five minutes. They led 4-1 to one mid through the game, but hang on. To the goal line, Shen centers. Perunovic to Perron. He scores! Great passing and a terrific goal. The Blues back within two. Thomas to the goal line. Butchnevich in front to side. He scores! They're back in it. 33 seconds to go in the second period. Two power play goals have brought life to the Blues. It's a 4-3 game. They're back within one. Plucky Blues Club, they don't go away, Dean. They keep working. Think about game one. They were just getting absolutely shellacked on the shot clock. Still found a way to get back. Uh, force overtime. Well, here they are again, getting it back within one. So to the third period we go, next goal feels like a big one. It's either the Blues coming all the way back from 4-1, or it's the Avs taking another lead. Puck is free. Kadri, he scores! Throw the chapeau! The Kadriman can! Three goals in the game, and the Avalanche lead is back to two. 5-3 Colorado. Brantman would add an empty netter. The cadre men can throw your chapeau. The cadre men can! And uh, interesting context for Nazem, who had received death threats from Blues fans after game... Game three, ran three. into uh, Jordan oh. Bennington in the first period. Awful stuff. He uh, leaves, doesn't come back, won't come back, and then, yeah, you know, it's... People are stupid. People not, are stupid. Not all people, but some people are really stupid. Kadri had some words for those stupid people after the game. Hey, man, unfortunately, I've been dealing with that for a long time. You know, that's uh, sad to say, but that's just the fact of the matter. I'm getting good at just putting it in the rearview mirror. Um, it's a big deal. I try to act like it's not and uh, just keep moving forward. So, you know, that's what I do. And, you know, I know that doesn't reflect uh, those, some of those messages I got. It doesn't reflect every single fan in St. Louis, but... Um, you know, for those that uh, that hate, that one's for them. For the haters, there you go. Counter the hat trick, and the Abs are the three-one series lead, going back home. Oh, there you go. This was a lot of Avalanche, as a like thirty-five fifteen were the shots five on five. They led twenty-six six on the shot clock halfway through. Cadre three goals and assists. This kind of feels like an inevitability. St. Louis scored first in all of the games, despite really? now being down wow. 3-1. So, And they put up good fights, but I kind of am with you. Like As plucky as they are, as won't go away as you are, I just feel like the Avs have the ability to make one more play when you've got McKinnon, McCarr, Landeskog, Caudry's out of his mind. And that's what it's and been. And Bennington's out. He's, he's been so good for them in round one when they went to him after starting Uso. Okay, tonight here's what we're looking at. Rangers and Hurricanes. Rod the bot. Unbelievable. This one's a 5 o'clock start on Sportsnet West and CBC. The Rangers can square the series off with a win. And if you're Carolina, you lost last year to Tampa in the playoffs. 
How much rest do you want them to get? I see, yeah, yeah. But hey, it's still Igor Shosturkin, who is unbelievable in a Game 3 victory for the Blue Shirts. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And by all means, win one on the road if you want. Carolina? Yeah. Still 0 for. 6-0 at home, 0 for 4 on the road. Oof. Yep. Other NHL news, a couple signings to get you up to speed with over the weekend. Brian Russ signs a six-year deal. The Rusty Razor. That's two for the Rusty Razor. He's uh, 5.125 to stay in Pittsburgh for six years. That's six for the Rusty Razor, Dean. No trade protection at all. Likely leaves some dough on the table, but he does get to stay in Pittsburgh and keep playing with Sid. The question is, will he keep playing with Sid, Malkin, and Latang? the last two still on the to-do list for Brian Burke and company. Little, probably little, uh, well, you have to take a little dough, I would think, to lock those two up. I take a lot of, a lot of little, yeah. a little, lot of, a little bit of dough there. And you want to talk about deals. Ah. Mark Giordano and the Toronto Maple Leafs, not that long together, seem to like it. He's inked a two-year pact with the club with an AAV of $800,000. Like League Minish. The, uh, That's a lovely little get for the Leafs. Yeah. He fit in well there, and clearly he's where he's from. Didn't hate what he went through with the Leafs in terms of the fit, or he wouldn't be doing this. And it, the more we watch Tampa, maybe the more we do understand that Toronto was really, really close in a lot of ways, despite looking far away from other measures. And not surprising for to, to hear the GO would, would sign. He knows where he's going to be on a depth chart. He knows what those guys should be paid in the... Rumor mill suggesting that he was actually going to sign for a million a year. Said, no, no. Eight hundo. Eight hundo. Save the dough. Build around us. Dubas, take me up to dinner once a week. That'll make up the rest. Oh, boy, Gio. Very fancy food taste. Escargot. I'm happy for Gio. It's clearly where he wants to be. I think he'd love to have been here in other circumstances, but if it's not here, it was there. Those are the two spots that made the most sense. What's going to happen there? Uh, We'll move along. AHL news, Stockton Heat with a mixed bag of uh, on and off ice news. On the ice, the team's taking the opener of their third round matchup with the Colorado Eagles. Dustin Wolf shutout. First playoff shutout of his pro career. Gotta like that. First round bye, swept Bakersfield. Now one nothing lead in series in round three. Great on that front on ice. Off ice, interesting. The Flames announcing their AHL affiliate will be moved to Calgary next year, which raises some interesting questions. Okay, wait, what? The AHL affiliate of the Calgary Flames, so the Stockton, Stockton Heat, Heat, are moving to Calgary. The Calgary Heat. On a full-time basis? I mean, where wow. they will play, how will it affect another property they own, the Calgary Hitmen for CSEC, where they'll travel to play. There's only two other teams in Western Canada, Abbotsford and Winnipeg. Neither have an airport. Well, it's not, not, may not be true. Uh, and the next closest team is in Denver. What's going on here, Dean? What's going on? I think from an NHL perspective, you want to have your farm team close. You like that. See, I, I, from an NHL perspective, yes. From an AHL perspective, no. I was in Abbotsford, which is close to Calgary. It was a travel nightmare for the AHL team. But and you, you have way that- more players that travel the whole schedule than the five call-ups a year where you're like, oh, we can get them on day of. Anyway, it's it, there's advantage, pros and cons of both, but... I think it's probably more about building what Toronto's got and what Denver's now got and what Vancouver's starting to get, which is if you've got a center of excellence with people that are great at grooming talent, you don't have to fly them across the continent to go talk to your prospects. It's all under, all in-house, all under your watch. Just need some more teams to play nearby. Bring them home, Edmonton. Bring them home. Not too sure if they're worried about the play-by-play guy's travel schedule. No, it's not the play-by-play guy. It's practice days lost. I'm telling you, the coaches were not happy with it. Nothing to do with play-by-play guy. Major League Baseball, let's go there. Jays in St. Louis for a quick two-game interleague set. Up 3-1 in the bottom of the seventh. Hey, that's a good start to the series, right? Hang on. The 3-0. Swing and a line drive, base hit into right field. We've got a tie game. Donovan comes in to score on the RBI hit by Bader. Dickerson stops at second. Barrios went six and a third, allowing three earned runs. Decent, not great. Seven hits, seven Ks. Uh, this one went all the way to the bottom of the 10th after a wild bottom nine. Uh, Base is loaded, and Ryan Barucki comes in to try to clean up the third and final out against Paul Goldschmidt. Mm. The one-two to Goldschmidt. Swinging a long fly ball to the corner in left field. That is carrying, carrying well. In and out of the fans' hands, it's gone. A walk-off grand slam for Goldschmidt. 
7-3 the final score. Yeah, it doesn't look close on the old out-of-town scoreboard, but that was 3-3 in extra innings, a strike away from going to the 11th, and instead, yeah, 7-3 final. Gold shirt, the slam. Yeah. <laughs> the walk-off <laughs> slam. I guess yes. that's one way to do it. Yeah, well, don't walk the run in. You may as well throw a strike. Oh, oh what that's hell, yeah. what happens when you can throw a strike. Uh, Gosman today, 545 first pitch. They'll start at 530 on Sportsnet 1. NBA, game four, Miami and Boston last night. Jason Tatum finished with 31 points in the win. They get the victory to the Bostons. Doing all right there. Uh, Golden State visiting Dallas tonight. They could sweep the Mavs with a victory. We're 2-2 in Boston, Miami in that series, I believe. Uh, the other one could be a sweep tonight as the Warriors are on the road in Dallas. And finally, golf and soccer to close out. PJ Championship in the books. Justin Thomas wins his second major of his career in a playoff on Sunday. Canadians were not great at the PJ Championship, but we do have great Canadian news from yesterday, which was a huge day in U.S. Open qualifying. One of the other majors, obviously. Roger Sloan, Mac Hughes, Nick Taylor, and Ben Silverman all Monday qualified. Although it's U.S. Open Monday qualifying. Adam Hadwin is a first alternate. We get a five Canadians from one field and one qualifying tournament in Texas. All go to the U.S. Open to join Corey Connors, who's already qualified. How about that? And in soccer, Calvary FC, a wild, wild game against Valor on Saturday. Nil-nil to the 85th, Dean? Like... The snooze feather, are going to get a goal here? Oh, 1-0 Cavs, then 1-1. The Winnipeg side ties it in the 88th minute. Stoppage time we go! From Romeo, Escalante driving hard. Immediately, Suari waves it away. Trafford stays with it. Center, kicked out, it's Adekubi! It's in! Cavalry in out of time! Are back in front! Elijah Adekubi, what a moment! Sure is. Uh, missed all last year with injury. Great to see Elijah who's come to the studio a few times. The big goal for the Cavs. They're second in the table. Remember that slow start? Me neither. Second in the table. Talk with Tommy tomorrow. And they face the Whitecaps on Wednesday. They beat the MLS side in 2019. This is a single leg matchup. They're not going to play in Vancouver. It's just one game Wednesday night here in Calgary. That's tomorrow. Last year Pacific beat the Whitecaps as well in this Canadian Championship Tournament. Uh, winner will face the winner of York and Pacific. They play tonight. That's all, Dean. Do they wear white caps when they play? Like the white, you know, white socks would wear red socks. Do you want to read the tag. It says Motorworks. Pinder Report brought to you by Motorworks, exceeding all expectations. BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. They'll meet and beat all competitors. Quotes: Fifty-first Ave, Third Street, Southeast. Our boy Steve, Stephen Brunt, Buckle coming up. up. Sportsnet 960, the fan.